This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Redemption time. Redemption. I got Dev Tejada in the house. We're going to pick UFC 250 (laughs) this Saturday. I need redemption. He beat me last time by by a point or two. I don't remember the official score. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. I should have had this written down exactly what it was. It was... Devin, it was a one-sided asshole. It was it was bad. Devin beat me <laughs> six to three last time. Six to three last time for Dev. So he got me. He got me last time. We're gonna rebound here for this card. Uh, I'm on a win streak. I'm on a hot streak with betting. I am uh, I am lights out. I'm making some money. This card I feel pretty good about. I've been on vacation this week from work, so I've been doing some studying. I don't like to overdo it. I don't like to go crazy. The more I get in my head about it, the more. I start breaking down every little fucking punch. So I kind of just ease into it now, but I'm very confident in some of these picks. Uh oh. Dad, you sharing your screen? I'm not trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I see uh I see my face and I see I, I don't see your face anymore. So you're my face with your your thing. Let's see. Yeah, you must have hit the share screen button. It's right next to the heart if you want to hit that because oh, I don't want to look God. at myself. And it's a delay. There it is. is oh, it? Wait, hold on. I don't want to look at myself. Let me switch to you. There it is. Okay. Can you edit that out? <laughs> well, we're not we're not video recording. We're just audio recording, so we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna video. We're gonna start video recording. I uh I had a little bit of a camera snafu, so I gotta figure that out. But other than that, we are ready to go. First fight of the night. This fight came together really late. It's Evan Dunham, who I thought was retired, plus two twenty. Or by the way, I'm gonna pick first since you're the victor. Uh, I, need a, I need all the help I can get. So Evan Dunham, plus 210, who is 18 and 8 and 1. He's fighting Herbert Burns, who is a minus 270 favorite. Hefty favorite for our boy Herbie here. Herbie fully loaded. He is 10 and 2. Like I said, I lead the dance here. This one's going to be pretty easy for me. Listen, I, I thought Evan Dunham was retired. Um, his last two outings, he's been finished with either some kind of TKO body shot or a headshot. He is. Um, he used to be really good. I, I really thought he was good. He, when he left Portland, when he left Oregon, he kind of ruined his career by going to Vegas for whatever reason, and then also just being in the game for so long, having the wars. With that being said, send him home. Send him home early. I think Herbie Burns is going to knock out Evan Dunham. This is going to be my send him home of the night. Herb Burns is not letting this go to the decision. He is going to knock out Evan Dunham. He's been training with Gilbert Burns. Ever heard of him? Number one welterweight in the world right now. Ever heard of him? That's his brother. So they've been training together. I believe uh, Herbert's coming up in weight. I think this is a, a catch weight at 150, which, again, is kind of weird because Evan Dunham is a, is a 55er, and this is short notice. But you can cash Herbert Burns by knockout TKO at a plus 360 right now prop. Anytime in the fight, if he finishes by TKO, it's a plus 360. I think that's a good good bet on your money. Starting a, starting it off right. Send them home. Herbie Burns. Let's go. Dev, please tell me you're taking Evan Dunham. Put your nuts on the pit table once here, bud. Is that only for TKO, that plus 360, or does that count as a submission as well? No, submission is a little lower because he is a submission guy. I think submission is yeah. plus 230 or something. So still on the plus side. Yeah, that's a, that's a good – plus submission would be an even more solid line. I mean, my personal opinion – um, but I'm going to go with Herbert Burns here. I'll just keep it simple. Evan Dunham's been hurt to the body. Um, Herbert Burns just finished Nate Landwehr with knees. So, I mean, a couple knees to the body in the clinch. Take He's going to be strong in the clinch. Um, 
Herbert Burns coming up from 45. Evan Dunham was at 155. The cut to 150 is it's probably not going to be easier for him. It's probably going to be easier for Herbert. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Herbert. His brother's streaking. He's he's probably you know he's probably going to be fighting with the same high that his brother's on right now. You know their family. They're really close. Um, it would be a big upset if he lost because the UFC is really pushing Gilbert Burns, and they seem to be really wanting to push Herbert as well. Yeah, contender series guy. Uh, if you had to name one of your uh, unborn sons, well, I don't know. Do you have any sons? You don't have any sons. You don't know about, right? Just hope not. No kids. Okay. <laughs> would you name them Herbert or Gilbert? Which one were you going with? Neither. <laughs> well, you got to pick, bro. You got to pick. You got to pick one. Gun to your head. I go Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah, I go Gilbert. Gilbert. Just because I don't like the name Herbie. Herbie's is rough. All right. Uh, next up, Alonzo Menefield. Who is a minus two thirty favorite? He's nine and zero. He's fighting Devin uh, Clark, who's eleven and four. He's a plus one eighty five underdog. Devin, you lead the dance here. Couple two hundred five boys. Couple heavy hitters. Who you got? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say Devin Clark's a heavy hitter because he doesn't really have any finishes. Um, he's more of a he's more of a you know wrestling type guy. Alonzo Menafield. I think this is a. I wouldn't say a setup win for Alonzo Menafield because Devin Clark is a tough guy and he's got pretty good gas tank and he's scrappy. But, you know, a lot of his wins come by decision. I think Alonso Menafield um, is streaking. He's a hard hitter. He, he finishes. I think I think Menafield's going to probably TKO. Yeah. This this fight, to me, is kind of one of the easier fights to pick. Listen, Devin Clark has disappointed me. He's 11-4. He's got a crazy, weird um, <clears throat> approach to fighting. He's very, very explosive. He's a little short for the division. His, his lower body is gigantic. Good wrestler, but it's it, he puts his fights together kind of weird i think we're going to see alonzo menefield at least kind of get pushed in this fight his last two times out he's just he's hit people and they've fallen i definitely think he can finish devin clark this would be a good uh prop bet if you want to bet it finishing i haven't looked up the prop yet but i just think this is a good uh chance for alonzo menefield to kind of get pushed here we haven't really seen a ton of his grappling he doesn't fight all that often he's a name that a lot of people like but you know 205 needs a little bit of an injection and we don't get that uh, from anybody yet. But Menifield has that one-switch knockout power. It's an easy decision. you got to go Menifield here. Minus 230. I don't really hate that line. I think that's appropriate line. However, this is a trap bet. This is a bet where Devin Clark can you know, withstand some punishment in that first round. Alonzo Menifield, who's, who's muscled up, bricked up. He could gas, and Devin Clark can take it over. Um, I would probably avoid this straight up. Uh, maybe do like a maybe two string of parlay together with maybe one or two other fights. But I say if I'm, I'm betting man, which I am, that Menifield's going to get it done. I think um, I think that's pretty obvious. All right, next up, you have Jose Formiga. He's 23-7. and seven. He's a plus 115 underdog, which is a uh, surprise to a lot of people. He's fighting Alex Perez, who's 23 and 5. He is a minus 135 favorite. I lead here. I've been impressed with Perez. You know, if you look at his record, he's fought fought some really good guys. He's got wins kind of everywhere. The, the Jose Torres fight, who's no longer in the UFC, who I think is a UFC caliber fighter. Um, that was a really impressive win. He knocked him out. Torres is it was a champ outside of the UFC. He was supposed to be do big things inside the UFC, um, and then just never format it. He did lose to Joseph Benavidez pretty bad. Other than that, he's got some decent wins there. Good wrestling. He can get stay off his back, which is when you fight Juicy Formiga, that's what you want to do. You want to stay off the ground. Formiga's striking is coming along. It's very tricky. He does hit kind of hard. He doesn't have obviously knockouts, but he is capable on the feet. I just think Perez is clean on the feet. I think he's a good uh, defensive wrestler. I think if he fights smart and he doesn't fuck up, I think he can keep this fight on the feet, which is where he wants it, win a decision. A lot of people love Formiga as the 
underdog here. I'm going to go with Perez as a slight favorite. Uh, I don't trust that dog. I think Formiga is a world-class guy. I think this fight should be way higher. And now with the Merskart and uh, Ian Heinrich fight falling off, they're going to re they're going to rearrange these fights. Hopefully Formiga and Perez goes up a little bit. I think it should be a higher fight on the card. But I'm going with Perez. I think Perez is going to probably win a decision, stay on his feet, stay off the ground. The ground's lava, Perez. The ground's fucking lava, bro. So stay off the ground. Devin, you taking the underdog here, bud? I think you are. You know, Yeah, uh, I am. I am. I'm, I'm going to pick Juice here. Just because – even though what scares me is that he's – I think he's like 37 now and being an older – 35 or 37. He's he's he, mid to late 30s. To me, he a, looks 40, but let's see what right? he is. He's 35. That's weird. 35. He's only two years older than me. That's crazy to me. But as a flyweight at 35, like – Yeah, that's, 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 that's tough on your body. You know, and – you lose a lot of speed and juicy is he's a pretty fast guy. He's, he's a good combination puncher. He's really, really good on the ground. He's got good scrambles, great jujitsu. I just think that he can put, if he can put on like a vet performance, that's what win him this fight. I think he can just be a wily vet. Um, and that's why I'm going to pick him. I, I've, I've got a couple vet picks on this card. Um, I'm a little bummed that I, I hope Gerald Mershart gets to fight. I really do. Yeah. He, he got a uh, Jonathan Ivy. That's that signed and sealed delivered. I got that written down here. That's that's good to go. Nine, yeah, nine, okay. nine and two. Yeah. I mean, as long as he doesn't. I mean, Ian Hine just got fell off because his cornerman tested positive COVID. for Corona. Yeah. So as long as Ivy test is clean, that that fight's gonna happen. There's no lines anywhere. I try to find the line. Um, obviously, Merskart, who was an underdog, is now gonna be an enormous favorite. But uh, we'll we'll play the lines. We'll just pick the fight. And I'll add the lines in later when uh, when we do it. So you're picking for me for me guys the underdog here though, Dev. Yeah, I'm picking Formiga. I'm gonna go Formiga. I think he can just he can his stand up might not be as crisp as Perez, but I think I think he could put himself in a position to take the fight on the ground and yeah. hopefully it'll be in lava. Yeah, the fucking floor's lava, Perez. I think the, <laughs> I think his fight IQ is a little rough sometimes. I think he's an explosive kid. He has to know you don't go to the ground with GC Formiga. I mean, he's world class there, and, and Prez has been submitted before. Has some submissions on his record, so hopefully he doesn't get overconfident with the skills. All right, next up, Charles Bird, who's ten and six. He is a minus one eighty favorite. He's fighting Maki Patolo, who is twelve and five. He's a plus one forty five underdog. This fight, one of the harder fights in my opinion to pick. I think it's a little lopsided, probably because Patolo looked like shit in his debut, but looked really good in the contender series. Dev, I know you know this guy. I know you've commented on this guy, so you're first to pick here. Uh, you going with uh, Chucky Bird or Maki Patolo? You know, um, Maki Patolo looks so good in, in his in his contender series performance, and that was actually at 185. Um, so I don't know. He's not a dude at all for 185 he's not even a big dude for 170 um he's got good combination punching i don't know if charles bird will let him stand there we'll just stand still and let him get away with that um i th- i think they both can hit hard i think mackie patola might be the better combination puncher but i think charles bird might be the a little bit more powerful and a little bit more of a cleaner striker um they're gonna strike I, I'm going to go with Charles Bird. I think this is going to come down to just a pure striking battle, and I, I think Bird will probably – he might TKO. He might finish him. If not, it could be a decision. But this could – like th- if these guys want to stand and bang, this could be a, a one of the fights of the night. Like this could be a really good fight. Right. Yeah, so <clears throat> I have written down in my paper either. I was going to go opposite whatever you pick. So I'm taking Patolo. That's a risky business bet. It's very risky at plus 145. I don't love him as an underdog. However <clears> – <throat> Maki Patolo, uh, oh, did I lose you? Sorry. 
Something buzz. Sorry, something buzz kind of weird on Skype here. Yeah. Get your hands away from the keyboard, man. No, I don't know what you look that like was. you had a <laughs> no. you, look like, you look like you had a stroke. Man. I was like, I was, I was like, like what right, the bro? what the fuck? Something happened. I thought Tim was buzzing in the fucking fuck with us. Anyway, uh Patolo, listen, he's got good boxing. His ground game's questionable. Charles Burt is a good wrestler. His chin's been in problem. He's been TKO'd, knocked out his last two fights. However, he has a good submission win. He does get the fight to the ground. He is strong. This is at 185. So Patolo's going to be a little undersized. Bird's not the tallest guy in the world, but he is bricked up. I see him looking for the takedown. He also gets tired quite a bit, Charles Bird. He gassed in Darren Stewart fight. That's why he got elbowed. The Shabazzian fight didn't go long enough for him to get tired. But the way he wrestles, the way he fights, probably on short notice, he's going to get tired. Patolo doesn't have to cut that weight. Not a big 85 I think his gas tank's going to be there. However, he's not impressive on the ground. But I'm going to go opposite you. I'm going to go Patolo. I'm not confident. Again, it's a risky business bet. You, you got to take your chances somewhere. You got to put your nuts on the table. This is a good. There's not a ton of underdogs in this card that I absolutely love. Patolo, again, not a real shot in the dark. I say it's probably 60 40 because Bird does have chin problems and Patolo can punch. It's just a matter if, if he can keep the fight to the uh, on the feet or not. And Dev, it can get sloppy in that third round. If this goes three, you could get sloppy. Two guys just swinging. But uh, yeah, so we're opposite there. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, next up, Cody Stamen, 18 and 2 and 1. He's a minus 280 favorite. He's finding Brian. Kellenher is 21 and 10. He is a plus 215 underdog. This fight has my mind in a pretzel. You guys have been all over uh, Kellenher. You and Tim, that is an, a fellow MMA Takes podcast alum. Love Brian Kellenher for some reason. You, you'll deny it. You'll say you don't, but you talk him up. He looked really good against Hunter Zer. I've never been this high on this guy. Never really loved him for whatever reason. Um, I went back and watched some of his fights. I went back and watched some of his records. He's fought some really good grapplers. He's fought guys who were going to take him down like Cody Stammen. He's fought guys who are very similar to Cody Stammen. Cody Stammen is one of the mo- more athletic guys. He's gotten burned on a couple of decisions. He's 18-2. and two. He's got a fantastic record. I think his striking's come a long way. His athleticism's through the roof. However, Dex. Dex. Like Dex. Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dogs. This is going to be my MMA Takes underdog lock of the night. Brian Kellenher at a plus 215. I feel like Cody Stamen can win this fight. Nine out of ten times I feel like he wins this fight. His brother just died. His 18-year-old brother. That's hard to come back from. That's hard to focus on. Short training camp. I think the guy's in shape. He's a cardio machine. But Kellenher has got that guillotine choke. I think his striking is going to be better. I think he's in better shape. He just fought. He's in rhythm. His training camp's all flowing together. At plus 215, I think it is criminal not to take a stab at Brian Kellenher here. It's criminal. This fight is way, way closer on paper than what it's saying. I know Stamen has the record, has fought some great guys, but this is way closer than what the odds are saying. I'm going to take a stab at Kellenher here, and uh, and if he wins, I'll buy one of his rap songs. What do you think about that, Dev? Um, I don't think you should buy any of his rap songs. I'm going to buy it if he wins, bro. <laughs> I, I, if him and if him and Tyron Woodley had a rap battle, it would it would like make windows crack and ears bleed. I honestly never heard Tyron Woodley rap. I have heard Kellner because I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Tyron po- like released an album or whatever with with Jesus. like a like with a big mute. Wiz Khalifa, I Wiz think Khalifa, was, was yeah. It Wiz? They had him in Wiz. I didn't I didn't listen to it. I think he walked out to it. That's the only time I've listened to it. He should walk. In, he should walk out to In and Out of Love. If he walked out to that, it just troll himself. Nobody could ever, nobody could ever troll him again. Right. Um, so with with Kelleher, um, I was, I kind, I feel like I kind of fucked myself with Charles Bird pick. Um, you, 
didn't have anything to say about his striking, which I think is decent. Um, but I'm I've all week I was all week I told myself Brian Kelleher is going to take this fight. He's 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 coming off a good win. He came back from advert. He saw adversity in that fight against Hunter Azra. Mm-hmm. I picked Azra in that fight. Mm-hmm. Hit him with the clean check left hook. Put him out. I think. I think Cody Stamen isn't a finisher. He's like a decision machine. He's a really, really t- he's a, he he he's a really tactical and technical fighter when it comes to his grappling and his ground game. But I think Ke- Kelleher just has that nasty guillotine. If you if you go to shoot on his legs, he's gonna throw that choke in there right away. And he, he's 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 seen the losses. He's fought the better guys. He doesn't you know he doesn't really care. He's he's willing to take a he he can lose two rounds and come back and knock you out in the third. And I just think that you know. Cody Stamen might 10-8 him two rounds or 10-9 him two rounds and then maybe, you know, Kelleher finishes him in the third or something like that. I'm, I'm going to pick Kelleher. I think Ooh. he's I, I think I think he's one of the most solid and smart. If you're going to bet an underdog on this card, he's probably the best underdog to put money on. I, I talked shit to you today on text saying I figured you out. I knew you were going to take Kelleher. I knew you were. That's why I put my lock on him because I knew you were going to pick him, so we're going to cancel on the underdogs. Get that lock on him. Get the points anyway. I'm on to you, Devin. I'm reading you like a yeah. book. That, he's he's. Pro- but I mean, he's realistically he's he's probably the. Mo- this is a weird card. This card's weird on any of these fights. There's are like one. All there's one other fight. guy who I think is an abs- should be the favorite, and we'll get to that fight a little bit. That was gonna be my underdog lock, but I'm doing a little strategy here because I knew you were gonna take Kellen Her. I knew you're high in Kellen Her. A lot of people love Stamen, by the way. Like guys that I watch all the time, listen to. They love Stamen. I can see why. He's got a lot to fight for right now. I just remember when Jake Shields' dad died and he took a fight. He got knocked out by Ellenberger. There was another fighter who who dealt with a tragic loss, and they lost I me, mean, Walt Harris, for example. I know that wasn't immediate, but uh, people coming off really tragic things, it kind of fucks with you. MMA is very mental, and uh, Kellner's kind of hot right now. He's on a nice little streak, so that was my reasoning. But back to Charles Bird. I think Charles Bird's striking is good. I think he's powerful. I just think his chin is a little bit of an issue. I think Patolo, Patolo can crack him. I think his chin's a little bit of an issue. He's been knocked out outside the UFC, which is never a good thing if you've been KO'd more than once outside the UFC, and uh, Charles Bird has. Okay. Uh, next up, Gerald Mershkart, who is a huge favorite. We do not have a line right now. This literally, this fight got, uh, got put together today. He is uh, thirty-one and twelve. I'm assuming he's going to be in the plus three hundred, plus four hundred range. If I'm being honest, he's fighting Anthony Ivy, who is eight and two. I actually saw, seen him on as nine and two. Uh, I believe this guy is out of Texas, but he like cross chains with like brazilian top team or something there's something funky about this yeah brazilian top team texas so he's in texas i guess they have a brazilian top team in texas so i do not know much about anthony lynn i did look up some footage on him he's on a five fight win streak and um a lot of them are from strikes knee bars triangle chokes he looks a little wild uh dev you lead the dance here with merch and uh ivy i was picking i was picking gerald mershart over ian heinish yeah me too um, me me as well you were, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna awesome. pick, I was gonna I, pick Marshall Ivor Highness as well, yeah, because he was an under. I was gonna, t- he was like a plus one hundred under, and I was gonna grab him up before he, he probably was gonna close as even. But yeah, I, I liked him over that fight too. He is like the definition of a wily vet. Who was that, Marshall? Yeah, yeah, he beats the guys he's supposed to lose to. Um, he's coming off a lot of, he's coming off a lot of impressive fights. Duran Win, I picked him over Duran Win. And that the Eric Anders fight was a really close fight that a lot of people thought went his way, which is I thought it went his way too. I also know nothing about his opponent. I 
send it to you like five o'clock right before I got off work and it's now six o'clock. So I haven't even had a chance to do any tape study yeah. or do anything about his opponent. Um, so I have to pick Gerald Mershart. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, his two losses, Ivy's two losses. So he comes from a team in Texas. I've never even heard of. Didn't even know it was a Brazilian top team in Texas. And his two losses are by choke, right? He's on a five fight win streak, but he has been choked out twice in a corner rear naked. Um, he looks a little wild, right? He looks powerful. Uh, he is a welterweight, right? He fights at 170. He's not a, a traditional 185er. Um, but he's not going to be super small for division, maybe a little thin. Merskart is a pretty well-built guy. He's built like a fucking man. Um, and it's the only play here is you take Merskart. Now, if you want to get crazy, we have a, a Tim Mitchell, uh, who's a friend of the show, obviously. He loves taking these crazy underdogs. He'll throw him in a parlay. Anthony Ivey's probably going to be north of 300, plus 300 area, plus 380, whatever. Um I don't. I mean, listen. He's got a decent record. I, I maybe he's gonna match up well. Maybe he'll knock out Merskart. But Merskart, like like Devin said, is a wily vet. So I mean, it's impossible to bet against him on such a short notice fight. You know, Tim is probably gonna put this guy and Felicia Spencer in a parlay and like cash the fuck out. He he needs it. He needs it. He's struggling right now. He was he was the cooler last weekend when. I won all my bets, and all I had left was Woodley. And he goes, hey, I just put $100 on Woodley. I'm like, well, I, I'm fucked. This guy cooled me out of it. He's the cooler. He needs to get hot. But, I mean, he is a guy that probably would take Felicia Spencer and this guy in a parlay. Listen, if you got the bankroll, there's no there's no, no wrong way to put 50, put 20, put whatever on him. I mean, if you hit, you hit. I mean, it, it, you know. Put 100 bucks on it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, if you got the bankroll, <laughs> sure. I, I wouldn't put 100 bucks on it. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, definitely possible. All right, next up. Chase Hooper, who's 9-0-1, he is a minus-170 favorite. He's fighting Alex Caceres, who's a plus-140 underdog. He is 15-12. and 12. This is the fight I was talking about. This was going to be my underdog lock of the night. Um, risky business. This is definitely a risky business bet. I'm picking Alex Caceres. So I'm going to bury the lead. I'm not going to bury the lead here. Um, Chase Hooper is a guy that just, listen, he's 9-0. He's a kid. He's not even a guy, right? He's never really looked good. On the contender series, he was getting the shit kicked out of him. In his UFC debut, he was getting the shit kicked out of him. The kid's very slick on the ground. He's, he's got good uh, um, good submissions. His wrestling's really weak, but he, he somehow can get it to the ground. He's long. He's lengthy for the division. He's young. He seems a little durable, but he gets tired. He gasses. Uh, uh, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy, has probably the, one of the worst fight IQs for a guy that's got almost 30 fights. Plus, backyard fights, he's probably got 50 fights. This is a guy who was training against Crone Gracie and gets taken down and choked out. Like, you have to realize that this motherfucker... Crone Gracie doesn't have the best takedowns in the world. He's unbelievable on the ground. There's no shame in getting choked out by Crone Gracie. There is a little bit of shame of letting him double leg you, though, when you had eight weeks to prepare for a jiu-jitsu guy who's going to take you down. So I'm picking Caceres. I think, you know, listen, plus 140, that's an interesting thing. Uh, probably come Saturday, I might bet this. Again, I think it's risky business because I can see Chase Hooper... Just slopping his way through this fight. A lot of people like Chase Hooper. I don't buy it. I don't want to hear a post fight about what M&M's he's going to buy. I don't really give a shit. So uh, I'm going to take a Sarah's uh, Bruce Leroy. Dave, you taking your Miami guy? You going Miami? Welcome to I, Miami. I'm, I, I think that Chase Hooper fighting in the UFC is a disservice to his future career. Wait, hold on. This is, this is Miami versus basically where you live now. Weird, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Enumclaw in Miami. Yeah. So I think I think seriously though, I think that Chase Cooper being so young in his career and fighting at such a high level is a disservice to himself. Um, because he's he's gonna 
say he does beat a guy like Alex Caceres, like what comes after him? The guys are only going to get better. And I truly think that he's so, I think he's like 19. I think he's the youngest guy on the roster. Um, he's not good enough to fight anyone in that division. That's it's even, he, he's get like the top 20 guys, top 15 guys are going to hurt him in that division. Um, he should be, you know, he should be fighting at some regionals and until he gets older. And then, cause he's got, he's got a decent skill set. I don't know why the UFC loves him so much. I don't think he's great on the mic. Um, I, I think he takes a lot of punishment in his fights, too. I think he gets beat up and makes things weird and then, you know, gets you into a scramble and will try to sub you. Um, Alex Caceres has good technical stand-up. I was saying this when we recorded a, the other podcast last week that I think that Chase Super is just kind of like a tall, like, punching bag until he gets until he gets you in a grappling exchange and then, and you know, and tries to sub you. I think if Alex Caceres can use... Just half of his fight IQ, he can keep this fight at range and, and hurt him. He has a lot of really good kicks. I think he could, you know, hurt him to the body. Chase Hooper is not a, a, a big built guy. I, I, I've seen him take punishment in his fights, but I don't know with his fighting style and the way he takes punishment, like how long is this UFC career going to last? You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm picking Oscar Caceres too. I, I understand why he's an underdog because Chase Hooper's got a name. He's got a lot of popularity and Alex Caceres has the fight IQ of a sock. Um, but I, I do think Chase Super is going to take a beating. Even if he wins this fight by sub, like he's going to take punishment. He's going to take more punishment than Alex Caceres. Yeah. Like that, that's a fact. Yeah. It's not going to be cute when he's 25 and he's punchy. I mean, it's cute now. He's 19, 20, whatever the fuck he is. But yeah, I mean, this, I mean, it, it's shocking to me. I mean, Chase Super can come out there and submit Caceres in 30 seconds and I'll still be like, I, I'm not impressed. I don't know what it's going to take for this guy to really impress me. I don't, I just, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. All right. A guy that does impress me. Next up, Sugar Sean O'Malley, minus 480. I think he's dropped a little bit. I think he's now closer to about 400. He's fighting Eddie Wineland, who is a plus 350 underdog. Um, ah, Devin, you leave the dance here, I believe. Yeah, I led, I led with Casera, so you leave here. Talk about boy. Now, we've been arguing all week. Now, I got facts. You know me. I, I, I rep my guys hard. You are hard on Sean O'Malley. So I got some numbers I want to throw at you, but I want you to pick the fight first, and then you can rebuttal what I got to say. So go so ahead, since, go ahead and pick Sean. Recorded, this is on the record. I do like Sean O'Malley. Ah. I think he's got a lot of talent. <laughs> I think he's a good fighter. I think the UFC, I think he's a really big name for an unranked, for someone unranked in a division. He's probably one of the biggest unranked names in MMA right now, he's he's a big name. He's got a big following. He's a gamer. Tons of tons of pot companies and shit promote him. Um, he's a really really popular kid. He's got a really really good skill set. Um, I think he's gonna get a lot of favorable matchups in his career because of it. Um, he's not gonna get. He's not gonna be fighting the Marab, the Marabs, and the Casey Kenny. He's not gonna get that the Nathaniel Wood treatment. Those those guys are going to get harder fights than Sean O'Malley. Eventually, Sean's going to have to fight tougher guys, and I think he has the skills to beat those tougher guys. I just think the UFC is going to have him fight a bunch of Eddie Wineland's um, to that point. I'm going to pick Sean O'Malley. I think Eddie Wineland is just long in the tooth. He's he and he will stand in the pocket and trade with Sean O'Malley. So if he if Sean O'Malley can't TKO him, I'd like to see what's what's going to what's going to be next. Um, if this a decision three-round fight will show us a lot more than his last fight did okay. um, but eddie wineland can bang too the guy can crack he's just older he's been in a lot of fights he's you know he fought in the wec the guy's been around for for fucking ever 
Yes. How long has he been fighting for? What, what was his pro debut? Like uh, a while. 2006. <clears throat> probably. 2007. You know, probably. Let's see. Hold on. Let me stroll all the way down. 2003. It says was his pro debut. Uh, yeah. 2003. So he's been fighting for 17 years. At Bantamweight. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I'm, I'm sure Starting some of another way, probably. I'm sure some of his earlier careers, he or early fights, he bounced around a little bit. Yeah, but mostly at Bantamweight 135. Yeah. So you done? Are you done bashing yeah, my that's guy? A, that's uh, Eddie Wineland. That would be, um, you know, maybe sure, you a lose loss your mind? from a guy like Eddie Wineland. You want to lose your money? Him a lot about teach him a lot, but I'm gonna pick Sean O'Malley. You want to lose your money? That's, Go ahead, bet on Eddie Wineland. That's all I got. Yeah. Yes, you know. So this is my absolute mortal lock of the night, <laughs> Sean O'Malley. I'm trying to find ways to bet him. Listen, he's really, really high. I even myself didn't think he's high. So Devin and I have been going back and forth on our text chat, right? Other buddy Tim hates Sean O'Malley. Devin mentioned Devin De, Tim or Devin doesn't like or excuse me doesn't hate Sean O'Malley. Tim hates Sean O'Malley. If you follow him on Twitter at Temptatious10, he goes at anybody that compliments Sean O'Malley. Now, listen. Devin said, oh, Nathaniel Woods are going to get harder fights than Sean O'Malley. Nathaniel Woods, uh, two fights ago, he fought uh, Jose Albert Quinones, the same guy Sean O'Malley just destroyed in two minutes in the first fight, in the first round, after two years layoff. So they have a lot of similar in common. Jose Quinones was 6-2 and two in the UFC when Sean O'Malley destroyed him in the first round after being off for two years. Not to mention, Eddie Wineland has won all his fights. He's lost a lot of fights, but he's won all his fights by some kind of finish. The guy doesn't go to the decision. He's going to come forward. Yes, Eddie Wineland's been fighting since 2003, but he had one fight in three years at one point, right? The guy has a full-time job somewhere. He doesn't fight super actively. He takes these long breaks. He has like one fight a year, one fight a year. I think 2018, he had two fights. I don't think he's fought yet this year. Uh, 2019, he maybe had one where he knocked out that Gregor Pavlov guy. Um, I I am not going to argue that Eddie Wineland isn't this world-class guy, but Sean O'Malley's not ranked. Sean O'Malley's not a ranked fighter. If Sean O'Malley was sitting at five or even seven, eight, th- any in the top 10, and they give Wineland, I'd be like, oh, that's weak, right? That's a hand-picked opponent. Reports are, and this is coming from O'Malley's camp, so you can't, I don't know how, how well you can take it, a lot of names got presented to Sean, and they all turned him down. Except Wineland. Now, how true is that? Who fucking knows? That could just be gamesmanship. Every every fighter says the same thing. I'm just looking at skill for skill. I think Sean O'Malley, I mean, this guy has striking. He looks in phenomenal shape. And the biggest thing for me is when I hear him talk, whether it's his podcast, when he goes on Anna Kaforian, Joe Rogan, whatever, his mental's there. Like, it's really inspirational seeing mental. He loves this shit. They showed him on the fucking uh, Embedded. He was biking, and he's watching fights. Not even fights of his opponent. Not even Eddie Wineland fights. He was just watching fights on his phone. And then Dana White um, hopped on YouTube Live with John Anik to announce the Saturday card, to give the Saturday card. And Sean O'Malley's watching. He's in the comments, like, commenting with people. Like, he's just a fan of the sport. He loves it. I hate when fighters are like, I don't really watch him. Man. You know what I mean? I need distance from it. This guy embraces it. He loves it. I love this. He's taking a fight on short, uh, relative short notice. They both got, they both are. I just think Sean O'Malley has the skills to get it done. Eddie Wineland has been finished before. He is 35. He's been fighting for 17 years. I understand all that. I'm not going to act like this is a fucking championship fight. Sean O'Malley's a minus 40 favorite. I, I realize that. But Skill, just skill-wise, 
I think Sean O'Malley has it, has what it takes. I was really impressed with his grappling. His grappling's getting the world's better. Obviously, Sean O'Malley, Mortal Lock. Um, I'm trying to find a creative way to bet this. I'm trying to maybe bet some props with it, but just minus 480, minus 400, depending where you get them, is just even if you have a huge bankroll, it's it's not. Uh, it might not be worth it. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's a hard fight to find a bet. I do see some people flirting with taking Eddie Wineland. Uh, just because of the huge number, and he does have power and, and all that stuff. Go for it. Go lose your money, boys. Because sugar, sh- I love Devin and Tim hate when I say sugar. Sugar is going <laughs> to win this fight. You got to put ER at the end of it. No A-R way. AR is the spelling. You see, you see his fucking hair? Sugar. See his hair he right now? Takashi69, bro. Oh my God. He's got the fucking. Hey. Listen, the guy's a marketing guy. I mean, listen. You, you're gonna hate them. That's this, this is the thing. I, you have to get on it early, right? I'm not. I don't smoke weed. I haven't smoked weed since sophomore year of high school. I don't play video games. I don't dye my hair like that. But I, for some reason, love this kid. You know what I mean? So I got to imagine all these video game guys who are obsessed with Takashi Six Nine are probably loving this guy, and that's probably why his fan base kind of sucks a little bit. But uh, listen, I, I just I'm just here for the talent. I think he's that good. I think he's gotten that much better with the time off. So I'm excited for that fight. I mean, I, I, that's a good fight to kick off the pay per view. I hope it doesn't change because, like I said, they will they will switch his card up a little bit. Um, and now with an exciting fight, we're going to go to I think one of the most boring fights in the card. Neil Magny, 22 and seven. He is a minus 185, 155 uh, favorite. He's fighting Anthony Rocco Martin, 17 and 5, plus 125 underdog. Uh, I lead the dance here. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I think both guys are a little boring for my taste. I think Anthony Rocco Martin kind of, if you look at all his fights, are either split decision wins or split decision losses. I think he's got a couple finishes in there. Good on the ground. His stand up's coming along a little bit. Good size for division. Neil Magny looked fantastic in his last time out against the Leech. The Leech is a real deal at 170, um, but maybe the Leech had coronavirus before anybody even knew what coronavirus was. Maybe that's why he had such a lousy fucking performance. But I'm going to go Neil Magny here. Listen, I, I went chalk on this one. Um, Anthony Rocker Martin, to me, is an interesting uh, underdog pick. I just don't love his style. I just think Neil Magny, they're both very similar, and I just think Neil Magny's better everywhere. Dad, quit snapping at your lady and telling her to get you a beer. <laughs> well, no, she's like comes banging on the door. I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? You know I'm in here. <laughs> Go on. Um, so I took Magni. I know you were instructing your lady there, but I took Magni. Yeah, you know, I'm going to pick Magni too, only because recency bias. He looked so fucking good against the Leech. He looked good. Um, I think the Leech is a more dangerous opponent than Rocco Martin, um, Neil Magni, just he he's he's good at applying pressure he can put you on the cage he can make the fight dirty he has been stopped before something santiago ponzinibbio embarrassed him um just that's a definition of an ass whooping what santiago ponzinibbio did to neil magny um but i don't think anthony rocco martin could do that to him i think neil magny is hungry after his suspension he's he's been wanting fights he's been calling for fights um, I think he might have changed his style a little bit. I think him being suspended, let him take a look at his career and say, hey, you know, do I, I've got the talent to to boost things up. And even if I do lose a fight, I'm going to be a little bit more exciting. And that's kind of how he fought the leech, in my opinion. Um, and I just think I think he's going to come out with that same energy. Yeah. Yeah. He looked really good against the leech. I mean, um, he's fought the who's who and, and he's gassed before. I don't I mean, I know the steroid thing popped up. I don't know how true that is. 
He's in. He's with those guys in Colorado, though. Colorado's got just like the hottest MMA prospects right now. The gyms out there are crazy good. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Magny just matches up well with Rock and Martin. All right, my main event. This is my main event. I do like the co-main event, but this is my main event. Aljamain Sterling is eighteen and three, minus one fifteen against Corey Sanhagen, twelve and one. I have him as a minus one hundred five. I believe he is now a minus one fifteen as well. He is dead even. Devin, you've studied Aljamain this week. You said you weren't impressed. You've called Corey Sanhagen a skinny little bitch via text to me. I'm interested in who you're taking here, buddy. Who do you who do you like in this fight at, at the at the people's if, main event? I don't know if it's they could just stop it right here and put this on a fight night, and I'd be okay with it and yeah. save us all some money. Make this five rounds. I you could put Cody Garbutt in a son's house somewhere else, and Amanda Nunes. I don't. Not many people really care about her, so just stop it right here and make this five rounds, and I'm okay with everything. Um, save us some cash flow. See, I like that because there's so many unanswered questions before you before you go in. This is going to be a super close fight, right? And it's going to come down to the decision. I like the narrative that one of these guys are going to go, well, if it was five rounds, I would have won. You know what I mean? Because these guys yep. are going to fight again at 135. I mean, they'll have to. All right, go ahead. Give me your breakdown. So you, you're 100% right. I think that um, – I think Aljamain Sterling is good, but I don't know if he's as good as everybody says he is. Anakin Florian talk him up, but that's only because they got ties to Ray Longo. And then guys hear Anakin Florian talk him up, so then they talk him up, and it just spreads like wildfire. I think he's a good fighter. I think he's got good grappling, good submissions. He'll chase them. He's really good at positioning in his grappling exchanges. People said he looked really great against Pedro Munoz, which he did outstrike him, but I don't think he hit him with the harder shots. Um, and Aljamain is a longer, taller guy for that division. He's got longer reach, but he kind of he doesn't throw straight punches and he doesn't really sit on him. He'll he'll he kind of almost does what Dustin Poirier does, but with not nearly as much power. He'll kind of stand flat-footed and throw like weird hooking punches. He doesn't throw anything straight down the pipe. Um, it's weird. It's he does a lot of switch stances. He doesn't cross his feet, but he'll 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 throw a left jab and then step forward and throw a right jab, kind of weird like Tony Ferguson style stuff. Um, I think that Corey Sandhagen is the much better striker. He's got better footwork. He's got better angles. Um, I don't I don't think Aljo's fought anyone taller or longer than him really at bantamweight yet. Um, I think that Aljo has the upper hand when it comes to the grappling department. I think Sanhagen has the upper hand when it comes to the striking department. I think Sanhagen can get out of scrambles and get the fight back to his feet. Um, neither one of them have that, that like lights off power that touch you, put you to sleep power or touch you and and you're, you know, touch you and in, in the, they don't have the one punch knockdown power, whether it's knockout completely. Um, I think San, I, I think Sandhagen should take this fight. I think Aljo does a lot of unnecessary head movement in his striking. And I think I've I've like in his Pedro Munoz fight, if he would have came in and, and just threw like a jump knee, the same knee that he walked into with Marlon, he has that that herky jerky head movement and he was doing it over and over again. And I don't know why Pedro Munoz's corner didn't say, just tie him a fucking knee and put his lights out. I think Corey Sandhagen likes to throw that jump knee. I think that's gonna be if they've tape studied, I think that's going to be something that they're going to use. I think he's going to try to throw that jump knee a lot. I think he can hurt Aljo. Pedro Munoz hurt Aljo. They both hurt each other in that fight. I think 
Sanhagen can throw better combos, could throw a jump knee, maybe finish with a combo and potentially put him out or at least hurt him more times. Aljo also had success in his striking in his last fight. And I think when wrestlers find success in their hands, sometimes they continue to use their hands and stop wrestling. And I think that gets them into trouble. Um, but I could be completely wrong, and Aljo could put on a great performance like he did against Pedro Munoz. I think Aljo has the capabilities to do all that as well. I just think I think Sanhagen is going to take this fight. I, I just have a feeling he's going to outstrike him. I think he can hurt him with the jump knee because Aljo does that weird herky-jerky shit, and he puts – He's unorthodox. He don't need – he moves his head way too much to, yeah. to slip a punch. Like he he does a lot of unnecessary head movement, and I just I don't I mean, like he, it. He he fell he fell into it with Marais. I mean, Marais threw that kick, but really the knee caught Aljo because of the herky jerky. Yeah, Aljo's completely unorthodox here. You made a good point with he looked good with his striking. Hopefully, he doesn't fall in love with the striking because I really see this fight Aljo having the significant advantage on the ground. I think Corey Sanhagen's very scrappy on the ground. I think he's looked good. But he's been in some really tough positions before. He's got deep arm barred by Iria Contra. He's been uh, Mario Batista without scrambling him in their fight until Sanhagen took over. I think that's going to be a problem. Aljamain Sterling, I think, is a different level on the ground. I think he's big. I think he's strong. He's powerful. He's going to give Sanhagen some problems on the ground. I think Aljo... Has never fought anybody as tall as Sanhagen. I think Sanhagen's going to give him some problems with the height. Aljo's 5'7", but long. Sanhagen's 5'11". The only the only benefit of that is Aljo has uh, trained with Zabip a lot, and Zabip's a crazy long, lanky guy. Um, uh, Ally Quint is the same height as Sanhagen as well. That's that's basically Aljo's main training partner. So he's seen the looks. Um, I like Sanhagen a lot. I really do. I think this should be for the title. I don't think I, I like Petrion as well, but Petrion Aldo, I think, is a joke. I think one of these guys against Petrion, possibly for the title. I think both these guys, especially Aldo, I think Aldo's getting overlooked quite a bit. He has an impressive resume. Sanhagen has some decent wins. He's got a win over Sun Sal, but his resume is not, to me, it's not as good as Aldo. I mean, I know Aldo's got some losses in there or whatever, some ugly ones and then some. <clears throat> split decisions, whatever. I like Alger, though. I'm going to go with Aljamain Sterling here. Uh, I'm going to go opposite you. I just feel like if he can get to the fight to the ground, I've watched both. I've watched footage on both these guys all week. This is the footage I keep coming back to because this is the fight that I think is going to be the, the probably the best fight. It's going to come down to decision. I think it's going to be very, very close. I just think Aljo can control him on the ground. I think uh, he's going to have a problem with Sanhagen, that is. He's going to have a problem with Aljo just grappling. He's just so dominant. He's so strong in that position. Um, and yeah, I, the, the point you made that it, it popped in my mind as well is he's, he's looked really good striking. Hopefully he doesn't get strike happy. Um, he throws a lot more kicks than he does hands, which is surprising. It's his kicks are really unique and he's very awkward. He's hard to time. Sanhagen moves a lot. A la Dominic Cruz. Uh, he does have good jump knees. He does have some good punches, but I just think Aljo is going to get this fight to the ground. I think he's superior on the ground. I think Sanhagen's good. I think Sanhagen's very good offensively as well. He beat Batista with an arm bar. He's got good legs. He can throw him up. He's long. He's lengthy. He's pretty good off his back, but I think he can take him down pretty easily. And I think it's a different ball game with Aljo on top of you. I really do. Isn't Sanhagen your guy? I thought you would <clears> pick against your guy. I don't. I know. Um, yeah, he, he is. Kept he, that pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is my guy. I wasn't going to mention it. Listen, he just made my guys list. Um, so I've the only other time I picked against my guy, it burned me in the ass. Now, come Saturday when I go to the betting window, which basically is my phone in Indiana, will I bet Sanhagen? Probably not. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I truly believe this is the most tape study I've done for a fight, and I just think Aljamain Sterling is far superior on the ground. And if I lose and Sanhagen wins. That's my guy. Then 
uh, I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to figure some kind of punishment because yeah, I don't bet against my guys. But then again, I think I prematurely made him my guy because I have since watched interviews with him and listened to interviews, and I don't I don't know if I love him. I don't know if really. I, I, I don't know. I I love his fighting style. I think he's a future champion for sure. But like I, I make a connection with guys with with the way they think and the way they they handle themselves, and I don't know. I just I I didn't love some of the things that he was saying. I can't explain it. It's just one of those things you just can't explain. But yeah, so I don't know. But then this could burn me in the ass. But yeah, I'm gonna go Aljo. Um, all right, come in event. Rafael Sanfal, who's 27 and seven, he's a plus 120 underdog versus Cody Garbin, who's 11 and three. The mic's on me. I pick. Um, I like this fight. Devin, I know you weren't crazy hot about this fight. Is it a code main event, main event for a fight for pay-per-view? Probably not. I mean, unless a belt was on the line, it, it probably isn't. But they both have some names. Sansal getting a little older, but he's literally the gatekeeper. Cody needs a fucking win. I think this is a good matchup for both guys. Sansal is a guy that likes to fight at his own pace. He doesn't like to get in brawls. He, does, he can crack. He can finish. He's got good submissions. But he does fight at his own pace. Cody... Need somebody like that, right? Cody um, has probably one of the best performances I've ever seen in the UFC against Dominic Cruz, and then three of the worst against Dillashaw and then uh, Munoz. I mean, it just it was the the fight IQ was just so so bad. I don't know what he was doing. Hopefully, he he has tightened that up. He's working with Mark Henry. I'm gonna go Cody here. I'm surprised he's this big of a favorite. I thought it'd be a little bit closer, but I'm gonna go Cody here. I think Cody can catch him. If not, Cody, if it goes to the decision, Cody's gonna win. Um, I just think he's faster. A uh, is not gonna be able to get Cody to the ground. Um, his only chance is to really make it a brawl, which isn't a Sunsau's wheelhouse. It's not really what he's good at. But if he can do it, Cody can fucking get crazy and just start throwing 18 right hands in a row until he gets caught. So, but hopefully Cody fights more. And I'm gonna take Cody in this. You know, um, this the reason why this is a co-main event is so they can fuck over Aljamain Sterling or Cody Sa- or Corey Sandy. Listen, and, yeah, you're, we um, talked about it. If if Cody <laughs> knocks out a Sunsal and Yan wins, they might match those up. That's what's happening. That's, yeah. that's that's the setup. The, you know, I don't know. Um, it's pretty clear why they'd put Garbrandt in a co-main event. I don't know why they're putting him in a co-main event after three embarrassing losses like that. Um, I think Asunsa is kind of a feeder opponent, but he's um, low key dangerous. Uh, if he can, if he can frustrate Cody, he might get Cody to do something stupid. He has sneaky power. He doesn't have that, you know, lights off power, but he has sneaky power. Um, he's just a really technical fighter. He doesn't talk shit. Um, he's fought a lot of dudes. Um, I think Garbrandt needs this win. I'm really on the fence with this. Um, Go ahead, do it. Lay your nuts on the table. Let's see it. I've been really on the fence with it because <laughs> I, I feel like Garbrandt has great takedown defense, but I don't know what I don't know what his fight IQ is. He puts the best performance on in the world against Dominic Cruz. It's just weird. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I really, I swear, to, I don't have anything. I don't have anything written down for this. Do I wanted to hear what you were gonna pick. I knew you were gonna go with Garbrandt because I know that's your guy. Well, um, he's not officially my guy, but he's Ohio guy, so I gotta, I gotta rep him. Um, and a lot of people say we look alike, so. <laughs> you know that many liars. Bro. Yeah, yeah, I do. I sure. I do. saw that yearbook picture. Oh man, that was a good looking kid, boy. Bond hair. I screenshot it. I'm going to save it forever. <laughs> yeah, save it. Put it as your background. It's uh, Maybe it is already. It's my right, screen lock. Here we go. Um, here we go. Who you got? So um, I'm I'm going to go opposite just because there I don't want to see. Put the I don't want to see Petra Jan versus Cody Garbrandt for the fucking title. 
that's what that's that's the only reason why I'm picking a Suns out. Um, Garbrandt's probably a smarter pick, but this isn't for money, and you beat me last time, so right. we can be one and one, and I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna pick. A You're Suns picking out. the underdog, bro. Be, I'm rooting for a Suns out because I like to see upsets and shit. Um, yeah, but he's just I, so old. Like he's not gonna so beat. Old. He's not gonna beat anybody. He's old, but. You, know, you already picked him. I'm not talking out yeah, of it. You're, I, yeah, you're I'm convincing not, me. I'm not like, talking out of it. You got him. You got a sunset locked in. I might, I might come in. Leave the gate open. Nah, it's closed. It's closed. All right. <laughs> Main event. Listen, there's no breakdown here. Felicia Spencer's a one-trick pony. She's got to get this fight to the ground. She's finding Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez is a minus 850. Felicia's a plus 550. I know there's going to be people out there chasing Felicia Spencer. That's fine. I'm going to Amanda Nunez all the way. I don't even want to break down this fight, if I'm being honest with you. I think it's going to be a squash match. I think Felicia Spencer has not looked that good. She didn't look good in Invicta. She's 8-1. and one. She looked tough against Cyborg. That's her literally her biggest claim to fame is she looked tough against Cyborg. Um, I see Nunez just squashing her. Dev, who do you got? Let me. Do you think Amanda Nunez is the best skill-for-skill, pound-for-pound women's fighter? Yes. Do you think she has a better skill set than like Valentina Shevchenko? Yes, because she's beat her twice. I, I, regardless of weight, but realistically, well, that's what pound for pound means. Regardless of weight, yeah, she's, um, she's better. But they fought at one thirty-five. I think Valentina actually possesses a much better skill set than her. Um, mm. I don't. I don't know if I, I don't love Amanda Nunes. I'm gonna pick her for this fight because it's a stupid. It's, I, I think. I think Felicia Spencer couldn't get down Cyborg. Um, she did cut the shit out of Cyborg with a big cut. Um, Felicia will throw elbows, but like the stri- the the significant strike differential was like it was like thirty five to like like one fifty or one forty in the cyborg fight. She got like o- more than tripled up. I think um, Felicia took a beating in that fight. I mean, listen, Felicia Spencer's coming off her win over a girl who hasn't even fought, who hasn't even have a win in the UFC, and she's getting a title shot. And like, she struggled to take her down. She started, and when she did, she 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 dominated. But that girl stinks. Amanda Nunez is just a different fucking animal, dude. It's it's just, it's, it's, it's is it going to be like the Raquel Pennington fight where it's just like a one sided yeah, shellacking until the fifth round and then gets TKO'd? Felicia Spencer you know? could be. I mean, she's tough. She could be tough, right? She can come out there and take a beating. I just think Amanda Nunez is is better everywhere. I think her striking is really good. I was a big cyborg guy. I thought cyborg pound for pound best female fighter in the world. Nunez knocked her out. I would love to see a rematch. Cyborg went and chased the money, so it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think I knew, I think Nunez is, I mean, the only other, I think, um, uh, Valentina is very good, but they fought before. Right. And I know it was at 135, but Valentina, I mean, Amanda she Nunez, could, dude, Valentina could be 115. If she wanted to go to 115, she could do that. She's thick though, dude. She's got, she's got big legs. She's not tall, but she's got big legs. Uh, Nunez was at 135. She's just tall, right? She's taller than Valentina. She's longer. Um, a Nunez couldn't cut the 30 or 125 though. I mean, Nunez is five, no. seven Valentina's like what? Five, three. Um, die. yeah. So yeah, I think Nunez, classes apart. I think Nunez is, and I, and I think, and I, I, so, okay. Valentina's five, five. So they're not really that big of a difference in, in size with those two. Um, yeah, I think Nunez is just the more skilled because I think she just has everywhere. I think Valentina is, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, Valentina's good. I think it, obviously, Nunez, I think, is the GOAT of women's fighting. I mean, she's fought the who's who. She's knocked out Holly Holmes. She knocked out Chris Cyborg. I mean, she finishes people. I mean, she didn't finish Romain Duran to me, but I mean, she's a finisher. I, I think she's going for a finish. GDR was tuning her up on the feet. She yeah. took her down. But the thing is that she did not look that dominant in that grappling. It was It looked labored. 
she looked, you can't, she looked you like can't. she got tired. She got caught with an up kick, but then she she came back. I think I, I think that was a fight where it, it was kind of a weird thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, every every fucking champion has a night off. I think she's motivated. I think she wants to get this payday because um, she's having a baby. She needs to. So I mean, she needs to put on a. a Big performance. She needs to TKO Felicia Spencer the 100%. same way she did Holly Holm. Yeah. Because the UFC will. is putting her on. She can't have another GDR fight because no. the UFC's the UFC's trying to put you also, her over. The UFC you also wants matter, her to be a listen, star. The next next main event. Well, I know it's not a pay per view, so I'm not paying for it. Is Jessica I versus Cynthia Calvino, which is so bad. So this is nice, even though we got to pay for this one. Way nicer than. The um the other main event that they're giving us. So what are they? Uh, do- what are they doing know. with they're, that? They're, Just- listen, I know there's a lot of contracts involved. People got to get Jeez. fights at certain times. They got to fulfill these fights. Maybe that's what it is. Kind of crazy when Vittori and Marvin Robinson's on that card. You should probably put that main event. They got because, heat. They got heat. Right. All right, Devin. I need your send them home. I need your lock of the night, and I need your underdog lock of the night. I need I need some things from me here, bud. So let's go. Who you got? Let me go. Send him home. Who's going to finish? Amanda Nunes is probably going to finish this fight. Send him home. Send him home early. There you go. Send him home. I'm rooting against her, though. I would. I mean, imagine if. Well, of course. That's the Devin special. I'm going to pick her. I'm going to pick her for the send home, but I'm rooting against her. I'm rooting against her. Um, because how could you not root for a Felicia Spencer, man? Like Easy. this is She's what boring, dude. It's terribly boring. She but looks imagine, like my fucking middle school science teacher. I don't give a shit about her. I think she actually is a teacher, dude. I'm pretty Probably. sure. Probably. No, she I think yeah, she, yeah, yeah she does. Classes. She does. She teaches online classes, which makes sense because she's like the most boring person in the world. She seems nice. She seems nice. Uh, she's tough. But Nunez is a fucking Selby beast. Her head coach. I mean, yeah. God damn. Seth Petrozelli. So we're back. Yeah, the jungle, baby. Um, all right. So give me your uh lock of the night. Absolute lock, fighter lock of the night. You can't pick Sugar Shot O'Malley because uh you you uh you just can't. You can't do it. So who's your lock of the night? Can be favor, can be anybody, obviously. But you do have an underdog still to pick as well. Um my lock of the night. I'm just looking through the card really quick again. Um, my lock of the night is gonna be Gerald Mershart. Gerald Mershart, there you go. Lock of the night, and I need your underdog lock of night, baby. Ka-ching, Did you already ka-ching. put yours down on Kelleher? Yeah, Kelleher's my underdog taken? lock of the night. My Senum Holmes, Herbert Burns, and my mortal lock, my absolute fucking take it to the bank lock of the night, Sugar Shot O'Malley. Um, my yeah. under, go ahead. I can't pick the same as you then. No. Um, it's, I'm going to go with my underdog lock. I think I only have um, you gotta Alex go Harris, and I have Cody Sanhey. Corey Sanhagen. He's oh, he's like a pick em though. So Sanhagen could be a little dicey, but you have a Sun Sal and you have Caceres. And I have Formiga. And Formiga. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Formiga. Yep. Um, I think I'm gonna do Formiga. Formiga, underdog lock. There you go. Caceres is Caceres is probably a good one too, though. Yeah, um, he was gonna I'm be gonna mine. Go I just for some reason I, I got the Kellen her thing in my head. All right, so we're about an hour. That's that's the way we like to do it. Fights this Saturday, follow us on all social media. Next week, week after, we should be on video. I got some things coming video-wise, so we should be doing that. Devin, as always, thank you, buddy. Hey, bro. Thanks for having me on. It was a good we'll, time. Uh, we'll talk. We'll text. We'll uh, chat about the fights coming up, I, I'm assuming. So uh, stay safe out there, buddy. I, I expect some rage texts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I expect it. All right, buddy. I'll see you. Later, man. Take care. That was Dev Tejada, as always. Listen, this card is... I'm excited. He was very un, um, unenthusiastic, I guess is the right word about it. 
I'm, I'm excited about this fight card. Listen, the main event is what it is. I think everything else is really good. Betting-wise, it's tough. I've been on a fucking heater lately, and it's tough. It's really tough to uh, try to fight some winners here. I think we have them. Listen to me. Listen to Dev. We're battling out. We went a lot of the same. That's typically what Devin and I do. We we When Tim and I picked, we went complete opposite. Devin and I are split on two, uh, not two fights, excuse me, Formiga, Perez. I have Perez. He has Formiga. That's his underdog lock as well. We're split on Charles Bird and Maki Batolo. I have Batolo. That's an underdog. Not my lock, though. He has Bird at a minus 180. We both on Kellenher as an underdog at plus 215. Very rare that we're both on that high of an underdog. Cody Stamen, listen, uh, he's got a lot going on in his life. I think he's a beast, but a lot going on. Uh, and then we're split on Aljo. I have Aljo. Uh, he has Corey Sanhagen. That's going to be an impossible fight to pick. Probably one I would stay away from betting unless you're you're very confident and you like to roll the dice. And then we're split on uh, Hafia Sunset and Cody Garbrandt. I have Garbrandt. He has a Sunset. This is going to be a banger of a fight. We will recap this uh, with Tim, with Devin. Probably Sunday will be out Monday. Uh, bet smartly guys bet responsibly is that even a thing make sure you're 21 but yeah so i have some camber snafus i'll explain it to you next week when i do my own little solo podcast uh i know you guys don't probably care or whatever but there's just you know it is what it is but i do want to get the video up and running i want to grow this thing video is the next market video is the next medium so uh i got some things in the works for that um and yeah so that's it all right enjoy the show and uh, what else do I gotta say? That's it. I better I better get off or I keep just talking. Alrighty. Woo! Hey pal, do me a favor and get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.